Anyone who produces video content knows that the hard work is only just starting when you finish filming the video. There are a million jobs which need to be done if you want to get the most juice out of every video. This week on the podcast, my guest is Natalie Haley, who runs a YouTube agency focused on helping creators be much more productive. She shares the workflows and systems she uses to help them cover far more ground and reach far more people. If you produce any kind of content, you'll love this episode. Hi there, and welcome back to Amplify, the digital marketing entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle, and every Monday, I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. If you're new to the show, then take a second right now to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes, and you can grab some older ones when you're done with this one. And don't forget to join our Facebook community. Just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders, and you'll be taken right there. So, welcome along, and let's meet Natalie. So this week, I'm thrilled to welcome another repeat visitor to the show, Natalie Haley. Natalie, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and the kind of work you do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm delighted to to be back on the podcast, Bob. Um, So yeah, my name is uh, Natalie Haley, and I'm based in um, a small market town in Kirby Lonsdale, which is in Cumbria in the UK. Um, and I have a virtual um, sort of end-to-end YouTube agency, if you like. So we work with um, businesses that use YouTube as their primary platform for, for growth. And we help them with everything right through from planning their videos, uh, doing the keyword research, right through to helping them with the production, the repurposing and the promotion of the videos. So beyond actually recording a video themselves, um, we kind of help with absolutely everything else that you have to do on YouTube to get your content seen. I think a lot of people from the outside, they probably look at people who do YouTube and think, yeah, they just do it all themselves. And I think a lot of people do, but those people for whom YouTube is working for them probably very quickly find that they really need to focus on the bit that only they can do. And that is the shooting of the video. Absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, just recording a YouTube video is not even 50% of what needs to be done to get your content seen and to do that video content justice. Um, You know, unless you are a hugely prominent YouTuber who has millions and millions of followers and subscribers, um, unless you are one of those fortunate people, then there's so much promotion, there's so much we have to do to drive people to our videos on YouTube. Um, and it's such a time consuming process. I mean, I produce two videos a week um, myself for my channel and I know firsthand how, how many hours a week that would take me if I didn't get help. I mean, fortunately I have a sort of virtual team who I can pull in to help me on, on a lot of the post-production and that kind of thing anyway. But if you don't, that's how many hours of your working week that's kind of taken away from working on your client work bringing in new business going to conferences you know talking to people on the phone the stuff that you really need to be doing there's actually a lot of people out there who can help you with the donkey work if you like and also a lot of the more um specialist kind of work such as the keyword research which a lot of people don't feel too confident with so yeah there are some people who do it all themselves but i think as you say quite quickly it becomes apparent that it is actually probably more effective to get help with the bits that you can get help with and just focus on the bits that only you can do um, and you are best doing, which is actually recording great video content. 
I think there's something you said there, which is keyword research. Mm. And I'm going to what I'd like to dig into a little bit in a moment is everybody always assumes that you shoot the video and that's when the work begins. Mm. And to be honest, that's probably very easy for most people to understand mm. that you need to edit the video, you need to promote the video and all the mm -hmm. rest of it. But actually, twice now you've spoken about what happens before you produce a video, uh -huh. planning the video and the keyword research. Definitely, yeah. Expand on that a little bit for me. What well, does that typically look like? Yeah, it's a really interesting point to pull out because it is true that, that so many of us think, oh, I've got this great idea for a video and I want, I want to make this video. Um, and just go right ahead, jump straight in and record the video and then do the keyword research, etc. afterwards. But actually, there's so much else to consider, so much that needs to happen before you even pick a topic. So the keyword research comes in from the very beginning. It's actually the first thing that I will do before I even think about um, a topic for a video is, is there actually a demand for that topic, a video within my audience? So I use a tool called TubeBuddy. And the first thing I will do is jump, jump on the keyword explorer function of TubeBuddy and I will type in the idea that I've had for a video topic and I'll see using their amazing kind of gauge, it shows you an like, like traffic light system as it were, what the chances are that you will actually have a ranking for that particular video topic. Um, it might be that there's a, a huge amount of competition, loads of people have already recorded a video on that topic, people with huge channels, and therefore there's very little chance that, especially if you're just starting out on YouTube, that you'll have a chance to actually rank for that keyword. So from that point, it's about tweaking the angle that you come at this from, tweaking the title, um, looking at different ways of wording it and that kind of thing, so that you can find a little gap in YouTube where you know somebody hasn't quite covered what you're going to say but yeah unless your audience is something that people are actually searching for you can make the most amazing youtube video but if people aren't you know if there isn't a demand for that for that topic that you're creating it on you've kind of wasted your time so it's so important to start with the keyword research first and that also will then dictate a number of other things such as um, how you script your video. So for example, YouTube does actually notice what you say in the first 15 seconds of your video. So you want to kind of optimize your videos as much as you can for search. So once you've picked your chosen focus keyword or phrase, make sure that you say that in the first 15 seconds. You know, doing your keyword, keyword research at the beginning will also dictate then what the title of your video becomes because you want to get your keyword and phrase in the actual title. It will dictate you know your description because we want to get the keyword in the first line or so of the description so we have to always start from from the keyword and work from there definitely and it will save you so much time in the long run and make your videos so much more successful i think as you were speaking I, obviously i always have to be thinking what's my next question going to be bob mm -hmm. and i was going to go to well which of the the fields really matters most for for seo but you actually answered that question before i got there <laughs> but the, the one thing that really leapt out for me which i did not know was that google is actually indexing the first 15 seconds of the video content over and above the other yeah. uh, i've never heard that before yeah you, uh, that is a one that sometimes does blow people's minds is that yeah um you know the first few seconds of what you say in a youtube video they pick up on that they can pick up on that so it's mm. not so it's really important yeah to, to verbally you know get your get your keyword and phrase in there as well 
which is something that you can't do if you're just winging it and you're just recording your video without knowing what your keyword or phrase is going to be. Um, so you have to give yourself the best chance and start, you know, it's like, it's like with lots of things, you know, like painting and decorating, for example, you know, I'm constantly painting and decorating because we're renovating a house, but you just want to dive straight in and you just want to, to get on with a nice bit, the actual painting, but it's all of the preparation that you have to put in first, you know, the, the sanding and the filling and all the rest of it. And unless you get that right, then the actual paintwork's not going to be right. And it's the same with YouTube videos. It's just, it does pay to put that, that work in beforehand. And I guess to roll back to what would have been my question previously, mm. of all of the SEO elements or keyword research, it's not so much keyword research, that comes beforehand, but of all of the various things that YouTube gives you in terms of the title, the description, the tags, and as you said, the, the content of the video itself, mm. which has the biggest impact on the video's ranking? Uh, well, I would say by far, really, it's the, the title. Um, because if you think about how people use YouTube or how we search on YouTube, we'll type in a search term and then we're given um, a number of choices. And all we really see, and often we're looking on a phone, all we really see is the thumbnail image and the title. We might see a few words, you know, of the description, but the the thumbnail image and the title are our biggest opportunities and often the first opportunities we have to really pull people in. So, so much work really needs to go into getting that, that title right. And again, that's something that you can use keyword research tools like TubeBuddy to, you know, to, to focus on. So my advice normally is to, to make sure whatever you've researched that your focus keyword is going to be is to make sure that you get that into the title, ideally at the front end of the title of your video. Um, you can always expand on that a little bit more because, of course, we want to appeal to our audience as much as we want the search engines to kind of pick up our content. So, for example, if I was doing a video on um, keyword research for your YouTube videos, and I decided that the my target keyword phrase was gonna be keyword research for YouTube videos. I might use that as the first half of my title, but then just to make it a little bit more enticing and to appeal to the kind of the human beings um, that are actually gonna be watching the video, I might tag a little bit on the end of the title to say five amazing tools or five easy steps or something like that. So they would be my kind of, yeah, that, that's my kind of surefire way of making sure that your title is gonna to appeal to the search engines and give you the best chance of your videos coming up in search but also to make people want to click on them as well i think one of the things which i hope anybody who's doing youtube listening to this will do is actually go and see how their videos rank mm. because frankly i have no idea how my videos rank i've never checked i'm going to go and check <laughs> but Actually, I think that's probably easier said than done because if you're not going to appear in the first few pages of search, you may have a very long journey mm -hmm. to manually find out how you rank. Have you any good tools for actually checking how you rank? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, all of the kinds of things that we are um, talking about can be done. There are some amazing keyword research tools out there, but I always do come back to, to TubeBuddy because that is my kind of go-to software. Um, there are other alternatives, such as VidIQ and Morning Fame is also really good. 
Um, but you can do all of this kind of thing on, on a tool like, like TubeBuddy. There are endless things you can do. Um, you can find out, um, yeah, as I say, where your videos rank for a particular search term. But also things like, um, there's something called, um, I can't remember how you pronounce it now, I think it's video, Videolytics. And basically it allows you to see what other similar content creators to you how they're actually optimizing their videos. So you could go onto their video and it will show you on a, a layover screen on YouTube itself what um, sort of tags that they've used, so how they've used tags to optimize their videos. Um, and gives you all sorts of other information about what they're doing. So you can use that for your own kind of benefit but also I think it's more important to use that in the sense of looking for gaps so what have they not optimized their videos for um, and actually maybe that could be an opportunity for you to optimize your video for something that they haven't um, right. so there are you know the, the capabilities of these these tools are are endless really and it's so it, like you say to do it on your own to work out um, what the best keywords are to work out the sort of popularity of your videos in terms of how much of people watch of them, um, how your videos rank in order of popularity. To do that on your own without a tool would be nigh on impossible. Um, so it's definitely worth getting familiar with a, a chosen keyword, um, YouTube keyword research tool, and start off on the free version. You know, there's a lot you can do on, on the free version of TubeBuddy, for example, um, and then there's there's so many different plans after that that unlock sort of different different features. So, yeah, I think it's an absolute essential to 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 use a keyword research tool for YouTube um, to give yourself the best chance. I didn't even know there was a free version of TubeBuddy. There is, that's, yeah. Which, that's news to me. Yeah, so you can. I mean, one of the the biggest features that I use is the keyword research tool and. I can't remember exactly how many searches you get, but you get quite a few searches per day um, on the free version. Um, it's only if you want to go over that number of searches a day that, that you would need to upgrade. But I personally um, am on the, the legend plan, which is the, the kind of top level plan, purely because I just use it on a daily basis for me and clients as well. Yeah. But yeah, there's so many different plans. You can choose the one that's kind of right for you and, and your business. So... I guess where I would like to go next is we've spoken about the keyword research. Mm. I'm guessing your clients, they take care of the scripting and the filming element themselves. Yes. But when we get beyond the editing, we're, we're, we're walking into the promotion and mm. the repurposing phase. Yeah. What are the biggest areas of exploit that most people should be looking at if they're not engaging with an agency like yours? So I guess a better way to ask that question might be, what are the most common mistakes you, you see people making or where they're leaving obvious opportunity on the table? Mm, absolutely. So the first 24 hours after a YouTube video has been published is, is like a really crucial window. So YouTube will look very specifically at that first 24 hours when it's determining how popular a video is and therefore how many other people it should suggest that video to. So it's so important to put all of your efforts into promoting that video and driving as many people to it as you can in that first 24 hours. So the worst thing you can do is kind of, you know, go to all the effort to create a video, have a mad rush getting it all published and then sit back and breathe a sigh of relief and go, oh, that's done. You know, tick yeah. that off the list because 
then you're just not giving your content the best chance at all. That's when the work starts, when you've hit publish and when it's actually gone live. That first 24 hours, you need to be posting about it on social media, using um, you know whichever social platforms that you're on to find creative ways to, to drive people to, to, to raise curiosity about that content so that people want to go over to YouTube to watch the full video there sending a broadcast out to your email list if you have one um, to let them know that there's a new video live and to you know to, to raise their curiosity to, to actually click on a link within your email and go and watch the video. Um, all of these different things um, that's that's a huge huge thing that a lot of people miss is is maximizing that that 24-hour window of opportunity I would say. And one thing that's puzzled me a little bit mm. and a few people have answered this question for me often in quite different ways but they're not doing what you're doing so you probably carry a bit more weight in your answer but one of the easy wins that I tried to use early on and I was actually advised against it was posting my YouTube video to Facebook or to LinkedIn mm -hmm. where they could actually I think in both instances it actually just takes you back through to YouTube but actually I was encouraged to send people to the YouTube channel to see it rather than embedding it do mm -hmm. you know if there's any anything beyond rumor around what YouTube is looking at there yeah so you you won't I can see why you've not had a well a straight answer as it were or why it is a, a little bit of a gray area and it and the reason for that is because it entirely depends on what your goal is and so, so basically, if your ultimate goal, your main focus and, and what you really, really want to achieve is to grow your YouTube channel and get as many subscribers and as much watch time on your YouTube channel as possible, then the absolute best thing to do is never to post the full video on any other channel than, than YouTube um, or embed it, but always to encourage people to click on a link which takes them to watch the video on YouTube. However, you will get people saying, but you know, what I'm actually doing with my videos is providing people value. I'm giving, you know, really useful, helpful information that my audience want from me. And ultimately, if people are getting to know me and be interested in what I offer, getting to feel closer to me and to, to build that trust more through watching my videos wherever they watch them, whether that's on LinkedIn or Facebook, then what is the problem with allowing someone to watch the full video off the YouTube platform? So it depends very much on how you come at, come at this um, and, and like I say, what your goals are. There are two different ways to look at it, but yeah. I mean, ultimately, I always encourage people to, to watch the full video on my YouTube channel. I get around that by creating little teasers, snippets um, of the YouTube video that maybe give away. So, for example, if I've done a video that contains three tips on a certain topic, I might just create a short 60 second clip, which gives people one of the tips, but they know they've then got to go over to YouTube to watch the full video. So that's one thing that you can do. Um, but I, I do always encourage people to watch the full video over there. But I do see the argument for sure that, um, yeah, there is certainly no harm in one sense of people watching a full video on whatever platform they prefer to watch it on, if ultimately it means they're going to want to work with you. Um, 
as a result of, of watching more and more of your video and getting to know you more and more. So, yeah. Well, th that That's a very good answer because that was my feeling that it really depended on what your goal was. Mm. That if you want, as you said, to build engagement on LinkedIn, mm. then you probably want to post a native video on LinkedIn. Yeah. But again, maybe not the full thing in order that you can get the maximum benefit and mm. hopefully draw those people who did get towards the end mm. over to YouTube. Yeah. Because obviously they're the people you want the most. Absolutely. And I think as well, like it, it's going to depend on your individual audiences. So, so Bob, for example, you do quite a lot on LinkedIn and it might be that you post in allowing people to watch the full video on LinkedIn, for example, that, that might work really well for you. You know, it might be that that worked really well for me. It might, it might not. Um, I think people have to experiment um, and find out what's what's going to work best for them or where their audience prefer to watch and engage, and just try things really. Permission to play—that's what yes. I like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another thing you touched on, which is content repurposing, mm -hmm. and that was where we originally spoke because you were the content repurposing go-to. <laughs> And obviously video, everybody that's producing video content, whenever I'm explaining content repurposing to clients and we're talking about what's the optimum content repurposing journey, it always mm -hmm. starts with video. So I can totally understand why you've really knuckled down into YouTube specifically. Mm -hmm. But what I'm curious to know is in order to for repurposing to be simpler and systematic, mm -hmm. Do you encourage your clients to structure their video in a particular way in order to make your re subsequent repurposing easier? Um, not so much. Um, purely because, well, maybe that's because <laughs> we're really lucky with the clients that we've got in that they already have kind of um, a set structure that they're in and the videos do tend to flow in a, in a certain way. Um, Perhaps what I would suggest though, and one thing that we always do for um, you know our own videos and for clients' videos is that we always get a transcript. We always use an online transcription service like Quick or Rev.com and um, we download the transcript and we don't use that in terms of, we don't use it too directly, but it will help us with a number of things. So the first way that we repurpose um, most YouTube videos for clients is that we'll create a full blog from the uh, the video content. So having that transcript, we're by no means relying fully on that transcript, but it provides a basis, provides something that we can work with to then wordsmith and craft an actual written piece of content from. Um, other people may not do a full blog. Other people may do more of a show notes style um, of a very short blog, which might be a summary of what's talked about in the video and the key points covered together with any kind of resources. Um, but most of our clients do uh, repurpose into a blog. Reason being that everyone does prefer to consume content differently. Um, so yes i focus on youtube but i also accept that a lot of people would prefer to read than watch a youtube video a lot of people bob would prefer to listen to a podcast than read a blog so we all we all like to consume content differently so it's just about providing it in as many different forms as possible so that you are appealing to and reaching as many people as possible um so that that would be the main thing we do but also having that written transcript 
can also really help when it comes to things like pulling out quotes from the video. So useful little snippets, which you can either use to create an audiogram, which is uh, kind of just a, usually a still image with a, a section of audio from your YouTube video and with some captions laid over. So having that transcript, you can easily read through and go, oh, that would make a really good paragraph to pull out for the audiogram. Same with uh, quotes. So sometimes people have quote graphics created for Instagram. Um, so if you've got that, that written transcription, you can see word for word what's been said and what would be great to pull out as, as quotes. So for repurposing, getting the transcription um, is a really good place to start. I think... I'm curious, this this leads me to another question mm. because transcription is, is great. If you don't have text from your video, if you have it, it's golden. Mm. Personally, I actually write the blog post mm. before I shoot a video. So yeah. I have the script rather than the transcript, mm. which sort of leads me to, there are probably two routes to producing a video. One mm. that's scripted and one is unscripted. Yes. Do you have any experience? I don't think... It's really a non-question. Is there a better way of doing it? It probably boils down to personality. I think it's one of the biggest questions that anybody that's ever <laughs> created a YouTube video out there or thought about it has because, yeah, it, it's huge. I know when you first you first sit down, and you'll know this, Bob, to, to do your first YouTube video is incredibly difficult. Um, and I think this whole question of scripted or not scripted is is purely an individual choice and again I think you have to experiment so when I first started with my videos mine were scripted word for word um, and then as time has gone on and that much time hasn't passed because the, the channel is only just over I think we started our channels at a similar time mine is only just over a month old but I've been doing two a week so I have noticed that I've gone less from scripting word for word to more having bullet points and I can feel that my natural way of presenting the content has become a little bit easier. I seem a bit more confident, I feel a bit more confident on camera. Um, that said, there will be people out there who will always want to stick to, to the script um, and, and, and speak it word for word, and that's absolutely fine. It's just finding whatever works for you. But I think not having any kind of you know, structure that's never going to be a good thing. It's never good to go too far the other way and have nothing and just sit in front of the camera and wing it. Um, structure and, and keeping on track and not using filler words all the time and waffling is really yeah. important on YouTube because we, we need to get as directly to the points that we want to make as possible, hold people's attention. So if you're not going to have a script, have bullet points, or if, if you want to go even you know even less than that just at least make sure that you have some notes in front of you somewhere which sort of state what structure your video is gonna going to take so that you don't go too far off script as it were <laughs> yeah i guess it comes down to your personality style yeah. and your personal style yeah. um different people are comfortable with different things they're different experience for me Absolutely. it's very insecure and a script just gave me some rails to run on definitely it's, it's that comfort isn't it for sure yeah so one thing that I'm obviously there's there's a potential area where I'm possibly just late to the party but Instagram TV as a, a neighborhood of Instagram if you like mm. I I don't have any experience with this at all but mm. I'm looking at it as 
a repurposing platform. Mm-hmm. Is that a repurposing venue, so to speak, that you see clients getting much traction in? Yeah, we have you know a small-ish percentage of clients that do repurpose onto IGTV, and it's you know it's easy enough to do if you if you edit your own videos or if you have an editor, just ask them to provide the video in, in the correct format for IGTV in the portrait format. Um, yeah, again, it's one of those things that you need to experiment with for your audience. Um, there's a couple of benefits in that, yes, it's it's getting you more exposure. Um, there is that argument that if people are watching the full video on IGTV, they're not going to YouTube. So it boils down to what we were saying earlier on about looking mm-hmm. at what your goals are. So that's, that's the key thing to consider. Um, yeah, it's, it's really going to depend on that. But if, if you use Instagram predominantly as your platform for growth and that's where your audience is, that's where you get loads of engagement, then it might be something to seriously consider. And the other great thing about using IGTV is that it automatically creates a preview, which then appears in your Instagram feed. So it's almost like another another social post created for you for free, if you like, <laughs> with no effort. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it depends whether that's where your audience is um, as to whether it's worth going to that extra effort. Um, but certainly something to experiment with if, if they are there, yeah. So I would like to talk about, obviously, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And not Instagram, YouTube, yeah. rather. Uh, and YouTube growth strategies mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. Obviously not giving away any secrets, but mm-hmm. what are the sort of meat and potatoes of a YouTube growth strategy? I think the first thing is consistency. Um, so, you know, you will hear that a lot, um, but it, consistency is so important on YouTube. So <clears throat> YouTube really values channels that are creating regularly and consistently. When I say regularly, um, I mean, that's kind of another topic in itself, but, um, you know, ideally on a weekly, or if you can, a twice weekly basis. Um, you know that there is this argument that you know if you create more content more often then that will uh, speed up the growth of your channel which it may well do but if you're going to be then uploading and taking a view of quantity over quality then that's not necessarily going to be the case and it's also what you can deal with what your capacity is to actually keep up with that um so yeah consistency um you know once you've promised your audience something once they come to expect something of you at a particular time or day of the week it's really important to keep up with that um so consistency is by far the most important part of youtube channel growth but the other key thing is really again what we've touched on before the the keyword research um optimizing your in each individual video in every way you can so all the kind of things we mentioned before about choosing your keyword first making sure it appears in all the right places using your cards the info cards that that appear in your videos as they play um you can link off to other videos or playlists on your channel just to keep people in a network of your content to try and keep them on your channel rather than going off and watching someone else's content same with end screens recommend to them other of your videos that are related to the the video that they've just been watching um so trying to keep them watching as much of your content as possible. And using playlists is really important and quite often overlooked as well. Playlists make it really, really easy for people to kind of binge watch your content. Um, You can basically tell them if they've watched one video, all these other videos that they might like to watch based on the the interest, point of interest they have. 
um, because they've watched a particular video. So creating playlists is a fantastic way to grow your channel. Um, and just, yeah, just having your content plan in place, making sure that you're constantly um, researching, constantly noting down ideas as they come to you for different uh, video topic ideas. And yeah, just keeping up with the, the quality of the content that you put out there. That, that's the main thing. And that's what it all boils down to really at the end of the day is producing content that really serves your audience and really helps them solve the problem that they have or answer the question that they have. Um, or if you're an entertainment channel, you know, entertaining them. Um, mm. That's what it all boils down to really at the end of the day. So something just popped into my head as you were speaking there about playlists mm. that I'd always assumed. Mm. And we all know where the dangers are with assumptions. Mm -hmm. um, but that playlists were really for channels that had lots of video and lots of different topics. Mm -hmm. But actually, just because you've only got 15 or so videos in your channel because it's new, mm. doesn't mean you can't create a playlist simply in order that somebody can skim from one to the next. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, I've, I think I've uploaded, I think I'll be on sort of 12 videos. But I have two playlists already just because I can kind of identify, you know, common themes. Um, and I think you should kind of start as, as soon as you can and actually allow playlists to dictate the kind of video topics that you choose um, mm. to help you build out the playlists. Because um, a really interesting thing is to be able to, when you do, anytime you direct people to your YouTube channel, instead of just directing them to an individual video, direct them to a playlist. Um, because ultimately we want people to watch as many of our videos as possible so by directing them to the playlist you're putting them in front of so many more um you know pieces of content for them to potentially watch than if you just direct them to one video so, so yeah. anyone listening <laughs> just go back and listen to that again because that is a ninja trick right ninja there trick. i hadn't thought of that it's such a good <laughs> idea i guess Another important thing that YouTube is looking for is video engagement. Yes. Uh, when it comes to how it is ranking videos. Yeah. I notice some videos get reasonable engagement. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like you, I'm quite new at having my own platform. Yeah. Um, but some videos seem to naturally attract engagement mm -hmm. and some others it falls flat. But I've been leaving it entirely to chance. Mm -hmm. Are there any sort of industry standard approaches to trying to stimulate this kind of engagement, the sort of the, the likes, the comments, mm. um, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I mean, sometimes, like you say, it will just come down to the fact that you just happened to put out a video which was just really timely, it just really hit the spot with your audience, um, and you did a great job with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there are a few things you can do, um, and that is, you know, when you're first starting out on a channel, there is actually nothing wrong, <laughs> nothing wrong at all with getting your friends and family, um, you know, and people who you know in your in your work network um, to just give your video, your YouTube video, a little bit of love um, to help it on its way. Um, and that in itself kind of encourages further um you know, comments and engagement. But again, like on all of the other platforms, you know, when someone comments on your YouTube video, it's so, so important not to ignore that, to make sure that you go and like it. You have this little love function now on YouTube where you can love a comment um, and then reply to that, try and encourage a little bit of conversation in the comments. Um, use verbal cues in your video to encourage comments. So 
you know, give people a call to action in the video to comment down below with a certain something, biggest question they have or something that works for them related to the video that you, you know, the topic that you're, you're talking on. Um, and actually just verbally direct people to, to go and jump in the comments. Um, because again, as with most other social platforms, the comments are another key uh, metric that, that YouTube looks at to decipher how popular a video is. So we want as many likes and comments as we have. But, you know, for, for newer channels, you know, they will grow organically over time as your videos um, get more views. YouTube is then pushing them out further and suggesting them to, to new people who hopefully will come and like and comment. But yeah, I think that the main thing to consider, you know, to, to keep in mind is to be as active as you can yourself in the comments as well when you get them. Yeah, I think one idea I really like, which is probably something I'm going to do, is leverage other social media platforms mm -hmm. mm. because people like to help people. Yeah. And if you give them something easy and low cost to do that can be genuinely supportive, mm. like I posted this video, I would love for you to come and comment on it yeah. just to help me grow my platform. Actually, you'd probably be surprised how many people will rally around a call like that. Yeah, and, and sort of leverage Facebook groups as well that are really relevant to the kind of content you're creating. Um, mm. And obviously you have to be a little bit careful about how you go about it. You don't just kind of want to go... Um, you know, every single week posting the fact that you've put up a new YouTube video in there. However, if it's genuinely helping to answer a question that people have had in that group, then there's nothing wrong with that and encouraging people and asking them to show it a little bit of support. I think all these things are kind of really important, particularly in the early stages. And, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. So it's really important to kind of to overcome that and do whatever we can really to help our content. Absolutely. Well, Natalie, you've been very generous with your time and I'm so glad anybody listening won't know we've managed to dodge the construction crews in the house. <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> and obviously anybody listening will also appear some traffic noise and you had some tech disasters recently, which mean you oh, have to record yeah. in a place you're not normally. So exactly, thank you for yeah. bearing with me. No, thank you for bearing with me. Um, thank you. It's been really good really informative i've made loads of notes oh good <laughs> uh, i hope anybody else that's thinking about you doing youtube this episode will be a great reference guide so make a note of it and come back obviously you've got your own youtube channel why don't you tell us a little bit about that yeah absolutely so it's it's just my name natalie haley on youtube and it's kind of how to's and tutorials um, about every aspect of starting and growing a youtube channel so we cover a lot of the things that we've talked about today, um, so I talk you through different keyword research tools and how to use them, talk you through how to do keyword research, how to script your videos, how to structure them, um, how to repurpose and promote your videos. We cover it all and they're, they're fairly short videos, they're usually sort of between five and seven minutes long um, and yeah, it, yeah, we just recommend anybody who wants to learn more um to, to go and check them out i would be very much appreciate uh, god i've messed that up well <laughs> <laughs> we I, know what you mean well you know what i mean i would very much appreciate it and again anybody listening don't be misled by the fact this is a very new youtube channel natalie does youtube channels for some of the biggest names in the business she's very very experienced so although it's a new channel 
you are very much an authority in this space. <laughs> That's why I, I had to set up the channel, Bob, because for so long I've been working for YouTubers and I had a podcast. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it, it certainly felt like now's the time to practice what I preach and start doing this for myself. And I'm so glad I did. It's I absolutely love it. So, well, it's been great speaking to you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. It's been really good. And hopefully see you again soon once all this coronavirus nonsense is finished. Absolutely. Hope you stay safe. And you. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Like anything else, success in video marketing, and YouTube in particular, boils down to start with the end in mind. Start with a plan and then work the plan. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe and if you haven't already, to join our Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes or just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders. I would love for you to connect with me on social media, but more than anything, I would love for you to connect with me on YouTube. Just search YouTube, Bob Gentle, and you'll find me very easily. And if you do subscribe to my channel, which you really should, then just comment on a video and let me know that you've found me through the podcast and you will really make my day. If you enjoyed the show, then I would love for you to review it on iTunes. It would mean a lot to me and it's the best way to help me reach more subscribers. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Natalie for giving us her time this week and to you for listening and see you next week. Mm-hmm.